Hey, welcome back to the Invigorate Podcast. This is where we talk about the day-to-day challenges and the realities of dealing with autoimmune disease, but more importantly, finding solutions and things to help our journeys. Always good to be with you all. We're Chris and Karen, autoimmune disease survivors, thrivers, just out here doing our best every day to just make sure we're, we're getting the most out of each, each and every single day. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about what to do when your body, frankly, betrays you, when it's malfunctioning, when it goes haywire. In the autoimmune disease world, we talk about this in terms of calling it flares, when you're having a flare. So as what does flare mean? It can be it can show up in a number of ways. And when we say show up, it's the symptoms. What are you experiencing on a day-to-day basis that is stemming specifically from your autoimmune disease? Mm-hmm. We The common day-to-day symptoms I deal with are arthritis, joint pain. I have some minor skin issues. But it really depends on the autoimmune disease that you have, your lifestyle, how you're taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself. And also, like, there's environmental factors, stressors, a whole bunch of things that can go into how you feel health-wise all the way around. But there's things that you can do to help both prevent them and recover faster so we can go on our merry way. That's it. That's really the key because I, I feel like when, you ha- when you're in the midst of a flare and you don't necessarily know it, like this is like pre-diagnosis, you just feel like you're just overworking yourself. Like I, I remember when I started having flares, I just assumed it was related to, you know, playing too much basketball in the summertime with my students or being stressed out about grad school. I was getting married. So I'm seeing all of these signs that now I would know was a sign of a flare. But at the time, I'm just like, oh, my elbow hurts. Maybe I lifted up a weight that was too heavy or I'm sweating a lot at night. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. That just seems weird. Like, there's all these little things that would happen with your body that just made you feel so odd if you don't know exactly what it is. So I think I say all of that to say that if you're someone who is undiagnosed and your body's having unusual um, symptoms in any sort, like acting in ways that you've never experienced before, I would recommend keeping a log of it. So that way you could almost start to see like a certain pattern. And then if there is a particular pattern that shows up when you're bringing it to your doctor, they know exactly what to look for rather than having to sort of go through that battery of wondering, it could be anything, it could be everything. You don't want that. You really want to um, hit the ground running with a sort of focus to it. Yeah. Keeping track of your symptoms and just day-to-day how you're feeling is huge, especially when so many random things come up. It's hard to remember what happened when, and it's like, I forgot three months ago that I used to have this random tingling in my hands. Come on. And and my whole hands would turn white, and they would just tingle. 
but then it just stopped and it went away. Being able to track that helps me communicate with my doctor when he knows the intensity and the duration. They can adjust medicine and give you recommendations to help get it under control sooner. Mm -hmm. Karen, you hit on something that I think is really important for the audience. There has to be a difference between the way you talk about what's happening to to you um, in terms of when you're speaking to like a friend or like a family member and when you're speaking to your doctor. So if if you're telling a story to your friend, you can go and say like, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't cold or anything. My fingers started turning white and blue. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll care. But when you're in that doctor's office, that 20 minute, 15 minute appointment, just the facts, <laughs> just get straight to the facts. Like for the last eight days, my fingers have been turning uh, white and blue. For the last six days, I've been waking up with shortness of breath, like whatever it is, like this really get to the point where you're able to say in the way where you're, you're, you're putting together um, a list of symptoms rather than creating a narrative. It's important to help you differentiate what's potentially just like your autoimmune disease acting up and you're dealing with just kind of typical day-to-day challenges right, right right versus are you heading towards a full-on flare that Come could on. do more damage right and so in addition to getting the care you need to manage your flares it's important for your long-term health that your rheumatologist and care team know the difference between Come on, what are kind of ongoing challenges versus signs that could progress this further? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's really because I I think and it's especially the beginning of that journey is so hard to distinguish what's to your point, those sort of like everyday struggles versus the the real uh, red flags that are saying, hey, something worse is is happening to the body. And and I think that's where the sort of relationship building between you and your uh, um, doctor is really going to um, come into play where you're able to communicate to them where you've built up a, a level of trust with them so that they know, you know, when you're saying this, you're not just someone who's just, you know, being dramatic or they're not uh, a, the kind of doctor that's not taking your concerns seriously. You build up that sort of rapport so that, you know, um, yeah, this is happening and that the doctors in turn are giving you the right sort of lab. So there's a correlation like, oh, yeah, what you're saying you're experiencing is lining up with what we're seeing in the labs, you know. So, Chris, can you really tell when a flare is coming or has it happened where you're just in it all of a sudden and now it's like, I need help? Like- yeah, I I have um, had two really severe flares. And with the first one, obviously, I wasn't diagnosed. So I had no idea what was happening. I was like, I guess okay. I'm just overly stressed or, or whatever the case was. Um, I thought it could be anything. But with the second one, I remember, I'll I, I pin it for you this way, Karen. It's the feeling of, I love to work out. Um, I try to work out every other day. And I know if, let's say I worked on my arms. If my arms are really fatigued four days after, I'm like, and I haven't touched the arm since, I'm like, something's wrong. You know, and it's and it's something where uh, I remember early in my lupus journey, I couldn't do push-ups well. I, I had a lot of inflammation in my elbows, so I just couldn't do like the form. And I would still, you know, just young and hard-headed, was like, I'm going to just like, power through the pain and like make it happen. And when I tell you that that had me in pain for 
days going into weeks. And I think whenever I've had um, a flare, it's a sort of like soreness that just never goes away and starts to intensify. It's not like a good sore after like a good run or a good uh, lift. It's the sort of sore that just gets stronger and just like weighs you down. You can kind of feel like a heaviness in your legs. You don't feel you don't feel excited to go back to the gym. You don't feel excited to go back to play and pick up basketball or, or, or go for another run. You feel like every time you were to try to do that, you'd be making your body hurt even more. So for me, I've always linked it in terms of my uh, ability, desire, and willingness to go back to working out. Whenever those are like severely yeah. hampered, I'm like, oh, we're in a bad spot. So I try to shut it down, but hopefully I can shut it down early because there have been times obviously with the second flare where i shut it down too late and 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 the the flare just (laughs) took off you know yeah and i think the longer you live with these diseases you get more Mm -hmm. in tune with your body absolutely i've experienced this with working out you can tell when it's true muscle soreness or like workout fatigue like i need to do a few more crunches or push-ups yes yes yes. (laughs) versus you're having elbow pain i have a lot of pain in my wrists and so push-ups are hard for me of course uh side tip though even if you can just put hold on to weights put weights on the ground and hold on to weights that is a game changer for the wrist pressure especially if you have arthritis in there yeah it's a veteran tip y'all it's a veteran tip but you can tell it's a difference between just normal aches and pains and if it's lasting longer and for me the it turned the soreness turns into a throbbing we always think of pain as a bad thing But pain is a signal to yourself that it's like, hey, you're pushing it. So literally, we should not push through this right now. (laughs) You're in danger. (laughs) Yes. So when you've crossed that point and you are in danger, the engine light is flashing. You've done too much. Right. What's your game plan then, Chris? If I can, I just try to shut it down. Uh, I, I can't emphasize enough the importance of finding some time. I understand not everyone has the liberty to do this. Some people have to work seven days a week. Some people are caregivers. Different situations, right? But if you can find one day a week where you don't have anything to do, right? And, and, you, and you, can, you can still, like, you know, that could be the day where you say, I'm just going to, like, go to the park or, 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 you know, go to the museum, do something very like, it could be, I'm just going to go to the couch, like whatever you need and, and just really allow yourself to just, you know, be restored by nothing, <laughs> you know, just like being restored by just having a clear calendar and, and, and not filling up, filling up, filling up. And, and just enough, not enough can be said about the importance of getting a lot of sleep at night. Not enough can be said about hydrating. Um, really eating the right foods because if you're adding you know that sort of soreness that we're talking about uh to you know junk food or like fast food you're really complicated because your body has to work so hard to break those foods down so your your body's already exhausted now you're giving even more work to do that's not fair to yourself so this really um for me it's a, it's about taking that sort of time if you if you're able to um to just really slow things down considerably like 
I think it's, I know it saves lives to do that. And naturally our culture and us, we don't want to do that. We want to push through. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's hard because you're going to miss opportunities that you would have. If you did push through, you're going to have to turn down things that sound like cool or exciting or, or, or just like, yeah, sure. I could, I'm not even necessarily talking about business, but like, yeah, I can, I can go grab a beer with y'all. Like, no, don't do that. Like, go to bed. <laughs> like, like you, that's what you actually need to do. Just go to bed. And, and so thinking about those sort of um, extra things we do to like, whether it's maintaining our career or social or, 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 or relationships in that way, you have to sort of like readjust it. So maybe instead of uh, going out to the, to that, that bar on Friday night, maybe it is, you know, having a few friends over and y'all, you know, watching a movie or y'all like drink at the house whatever it is it's like find another way to do things um so you can still have a quality of life but you're reducing the wear and tear for sure so one of my favorite stories of doing just that was i was leaving a long day at work i was supposed to meet my girlfriends for dinner and I was just tired. I right. had enough tapped out. Like, no, I can't do it. So I texted all of them and I was like, can't do it. I'm tired. Like, I just need to go home. And one of my best friends was like, you can totally say no, but we're happy to come over to your house and just hang at your house and then you can go to bed. You don't have to go. You don't have to drive, whatever. Mm -hmm. So my girlfriends drove the extra half hour all the way to my house so we could still have our girls night. It's very important to have supportive friends and family who mm -hmm. can help you flex as needed in those times when you can't do it all. Right, right. And, and just really not trying to be a superhero. And, and and accepting the help from from loved ones and, and and family and friends, I think is really critical because there's going to be times like I mean, your friends sound like top shelf, world class human beings, right? <laughs> like this the, to drive that extra thirty minutes and hang out, but just really uh, accepting that help and accepting that sense of you know I I can't make it, so I I, I need help. But also I think um, having that kind of relationship with your friends where. If you say I can't make it, and maybe they they're not gonna um, necessarily drive to you, that they understand that you're not just trying to like ditch the, ditch them. You're not trying to um, flake on them. It's really sometimes for us who, who go through these flares, it's a game time decision. We don't know, you know, we might have made the plans a, a, a month ago, and now today we feel like junk. It's not that we don't want to see. We really want to see, but our, our bodies betrayed us, you know. Yeah, and there's so much guilt and you feel bad oh, about awesome. bailing. Yes. But I think the more you can proactively communicate, and I've been way, I'm an open book when it comes to my lupus and my challenges. Come on, but right. Being transparent, I think, helps people understand so they know, like, I'm not just bailing tonight, like, it was a long day and I'm struggling, and yeah, they don't have to make the effort, extra effort, but by at least sharing what you can about your situation, they can 
try to understand and they may not understand and that's right. okay too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. as long as you're doing what's best for you and communicating what's best for you, you'll mm -hmm. find your people. And Absolutely. if they're not Absolutely. supportive, then you'll find better people in your life. That too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I just, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I think that that's really it. Like, if you're, it's bad enough for just anyone, like, uh, autoimmune or not, to, to feel like you have to, like, chase friends and like hold on to them it's like this is just an extra stress that you do not need if you're if you're saying to your friends i have lupus or i have um you know celiacs or sjogren's or whatever the the situation is that's that's putting you in this flare and they're like oh just tough it out those people don't care about you just <laughs> just move on with your life because they, they move they're on going, they're moving <laughs> on with theirs <laughs> yeah, please 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 100 percent. What, what have been your remedies? What have you been doing like to, to sort of like help you whenever, uh, you know, going back to that sort of like Friday night situation and you're like, I can't move. Like your friends are there, but like, what do you do? Like, are, are y'all like, you know, they have like an Epsom, ba Epsom salt bath for your feet. Like what, what are they doing? <laughs> well, to be honest, like me and my girlfriend, we were just sitting on my deck talking about life. Like there you go. just, it's friend therapy, yeah. right? That's it. But when I'm truly trying to handle my symptoms, as you mentioned, rest and recovery is so important. And that's why it's important to get your friends and family and support networks on board so that, it, especially with little kids, if you have kids, yeah. it's like, you need that extra support to be able to get the rest you need because it's like we can't be chasing toddlers making meals and getting the extra sleep we need to fight fatigue so you just need help and that's that's just the matter of it is what it is right it is what it is exactly the other thing though is like during your rest i have found that sometimes my flares will they'll last weeks even months Right. I've even had, yeah. So, especially with us, like kind of type A wanting to do stuff, to be yeah. stuck in bed and not feeling well is it's painful. You feel like the world is passing you by. Oh, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this the bed, I never knew the bed could feel like a prison. You know, like it's like I'm right, right. But I found that even. The one, there's a silver lining to everything, right? Yeah, right. So the w one silver lining to our culture being more sedentary is that we have resources at our fingertips without true. being physically active. This is true. So I could be laying in bed and I'm listening to podcasts, right. whether something entertaining or i want to learn more about or i need some like just meditation space whatever just that audio for whatever space i'm in can take you out of that prison of a bed and right. the four walls that are surrounding you and you if you feel stuck like just mentally you can get out of that space and you can get some relief that way mm -hmm. while you're dealing with the physical pain. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about uh, some of the the apps I've been using to help me like meditate or like breathe properly. Just really, I I mentioned that because all those uh, different strategies can help so much attain management and just really just, just, I I can't over explain what it feels like for simple tasks to become so difficult just because, you know, we, we talked about arthritis earlier. I remember, you know, at one point during a flare, being able to like feel every bone in my hand. It just was just that kind of excruciating pain. If, you know, let's say someone's making spaghetti and they want you to open a can of sauce. You're just like, I cannot make this, this, this motion's not happening. I I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's times where it's like, you can't even lift your arm. So it's like, and in those moments, that's when I would say it's, you need to work with your care team, but like sidebar veteran tip, like your rheumatologist isn't going to be the best person to manage pain. Right. So, so for me personally, when I was in the height of my flares, I actually went to a pain clinic that specialized in chronic pain and they were able to get me on the oxycodone for a short period Mm -hmm. of time just to get through the height of it. And then once we got the other medicine in control, then it just progressed from there. My point being that pain is difficult difficult so if you can leverage whether going through to finding a pain clinic i highly recommend meditation and learning how to breathe through pain i'm telling you makes a huge difference right so chris you never meditated before you went through all this right you know what i i'm i've always been like a little bit like a, of a of a monk on the side so i think i used to oh, kind of heck just, yes i think i always used to just do some sort of meditation uh on on the side but what really in terms of the breathing it's funny um my wife is a doula and so a lot of what she was telling yeah. her clients you know during labor was things I would use during a flare. I'm not saying that my flare hurt as much as giving birth. I don't think that's yeah. true. I don't think that's true, but I'm just saying. You can't compare. It's fine. I can't Yeah, I have no idea what I'm talking about with that when it comes to that. But I do know that it helped me in terms of um, just dealing with the, the, the pain I was feeling, just like really just focusing on, on the breathing. It's, it's, it, felt, it felt miraculous, you know? Yeah. And when I say I don't want to compare because I've been through both, but right, it's right. a, but it's a different kind of pain, and okay. I'm not saying in one is worse than right. the other. We all have different experiences and experience pain differently. At the pain end of the day, yeah, yeah, and no one wants to go through pain, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. But your experience with your wife and what I've learned through meditation is like your breath is a powerful tool and that can get you through anything. I I will say, so I've had at least eight surgeries Uh due to, yeah. Um, because of lupus and the medications I was taking, I had some bone issues, um, and whatnot. 
And so I went through a lot of surgeries and just learning how to, I would naturally just like tense. Up. Come on. It's like waiting for this pain to pass, right. like get this over with. Yeah, but if yeah. you can learn to just kind of relax, it's like, let the blood flow and it can make all the world the difference so even if you're not into meditation or any of that it's like just explore some basic breath work and that can help you with pain management absolutely i know some people had suggested to me i never tried it like acupuncture um as another way of dealing with it and i think about it in the sense of sometimes like if you're feeling pain over here, you can't focus on pain over there. So maybe like the needle going in, you don't really focus on what the pain was in the first place. So I never tried it, but I know for some people, there's been like a mixed bag. Like, is that something you've had experience with? I've tried acupuncture, but when I tried it, I was in the height of one of my flares. And okay. I don't know if it was just, I was hoping for a single fix or whatever but i didn't have great luck with it but it very much could have been my experience in the time that i tried it mm -hmm. i'd be curious to go back and look into it again yeah the other piece i've heard really good things about infrared saunas right right so they create well it's just like a natural stressor to your body mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it so it replicates what you would do exercising right like your temperatures heating up you're sweating out whatever your body doesn't need yeah. but it's not as intense as a traditional sauna where you're yeah. sitting in like i don't even know what those temperatures oh. are but i, I like hate the heat and i couldn't do <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I, I feel like in the middle of a flare, I would just mess around, pass out, like <laughs> they just find me in that hot house, just on the floor with a towel. <laughs> That's not what you want. <laughs> so I think like acupuncture and infrared saunas and those things are good preventative yeah. measures and just things you can add on to your regular routine if you can fit it in and it works for you. Great, yeah. but it. it like everything nothing's an end-all be-all no, it's no. just hey you got to take it all and do what works for you specifically at that period of time in your life because what may not work now may work later and vice versa so very true and, and i think it allows you sort of like the sunny side of it is i think it's allowed me to really pay attention to my body in a way that i might not have otherwise and just really being attentive to my body and saying like, okay, I don't need to do, I need, I don't need to go the extra mile with this. I don't need to wear myself down with this. Cause prior to this, I had such a mentality of just like, just keep going, keep going, keep going, like all gas, no brakes. And now I definitely have, um, a, a sort of like, you know, taking it, uh, methodical and, and case by case. And almost I've joked about it in terms of, going from like a full court press in basketball to acting like a pitcher in baseball. Like you're not trying to throw a whole bunch of pitches in a row. You're really taking your time and measuring each pitch and, okay, this is going to be a curve or it's going to be a fastball. Like, what am I going to do, a slider? Like just really taking your time with it. So that's why I try to live my life now much more methodical rather than just like all gas, no brakes. Yeah, I think that's so critical to – 
approaching autoimmune disease in general and right. taking care of ourselves. Even if you don't have an autoimmune disease, it's like we, our culture is all gas, no brakes. Right, right, right. So training yourself to slow down and making sure that you are being very intentional about those moments throughout the day. My favorite thing that you said before we jumped on here was you needed that hour of space to just decompress between your prior engagements and jumping on here. But that space is what keeps you a functioning, healthy, well-rounded human being. If you didn't do that, you'd be on here stressed out and your body would be nuts. Like (laughs) Raggedy. It would be so bad. It would be so bad. But it's that little moment, you know, hour, whatever it was, of just just stillness was just so it was what I imagine like a, a cup of coffee is for some people, a quick nap is for other people, a walk around the block. But for me, it was just sitting there doing nothing and it was just could couldn't have asked for a nicer way to sort of transition my evening. So there are no silver bullets, but if there's anything close, I would say that's the closest thing. is giving finding those whether it's an hour or even two minutes five minutes giving yourself that space where there's nothing happening the tv's not on the radio's not on you're not looking at your phone it's just quiet Quiet. yeah no seriously i i think we just in general are so overstimulated and that has become sort of like the norm that when yeah. you allow yourself to be what would feel like understimulated, but is most of human history just regular, it, it pays off dividends for sure. For sure. Chris, I could talk to you about this for days. Oh, likewise. If, likewise. Yeah, yeah. So, but if there's anything our audience specifically wants to know more about managing flares or dealing with just the unpredictableness, drop us a note. We'd Mm -hmm. love to chime in, help provide whatever resources we can. Because like we've said, and you've heard throughout this episode, it's a very, it's unique to each individual and disease and what works for you may not work for everyone. So we're here to just help navigate this together. Absolutely. We want to thank you all so much for listening. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, give us a rating. Five stars, please, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. Let us know you're listening. Tell us where you're from. All that good stuff. Let us know who you are. And and make sure that you check out every single episode. We have info for our sources. Uh, Make sure you check that out as well. So until next time, please take care of yourself. Keep striving, guys. We appreciate you guys. Take care. Take care, y'all.